everybody. Welcome to Reporting as Eligible, um, the most uh, namesake of our podcast version of our podcast ever. Um, we get to we get to talk about reporting as eligible. I'm so excited. Um, the Packers also won, and it was great. It was brilliant. But to help me talk about all the fun stuff between positional rules and the Packers destroying the Vikings in Colorado, I got. Hi, my name is Matt. You can call me Matub, Acme Packing Company, Meme Weaver, and General Twitter Rabble Rouser. I don't even know if I introduced myself, and I don't care. You all know who I am. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe I did. but uh, You are the Justin Timberlake to our sync. <laughs> Everyone knows who you are. Oh, man. I'm not going to go rewatch the baseball movie to see how much he's in it, but I don't remember him being in it that much. Um, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about Trouble with the Curve. Yes, during Trouble the with the Curve and... we're talking about right now, because I don't know. I saw like a meme from it, and I hate that. That movie sucks, and... Uh, if you haven't seen it, you might be thinking I hate it because it's mean to analytics, and you would be justified in thinking that. But that's not it at all. It's so much worse than that. It, it it's just it fails on baseball, on lawyering, <laughs> on just how humans interact with each other. Um, it's awful. Never see that movie. It's ass. Um, I guess explicit tag is on now. Yay! Uh, all right. So <laughs> before yeah, we've got that one out of the way, <laughs> before. Uh, before we get into the Packer game, which was which was a, a brilliant piece of football, um, we I, I do want to talk about uh, we we both not just me we both want to talk about the Lions Cowboys game that happened. Uh, the, that was the day before, right? Um, that was Saturday. That was Saturday, right? Yes, it was. It was the day before. Where uh, so the, the Lions they get to the last play of the game. There, there's no time left. They're down by a tu- they're down by a touchdown or a field, who cares? They're they're down by something that they will either win or tie the game if they score. So a touchdown. it's it's. 2013 okay so they 20 20 to 13 in the in the if, um, they, if they score they can either tie it or, or go for two and that's what they they have going on there and yeah. they run i uh, they run a trick play it, it, it is it is the the bakhtiari trick play right it, it is that they admitted the copy almost that. exactly uh yeah. bakhtiari himself said that it was it was almost the exact same play yeah it, uh so they ran the trick play that the packers ran against the lions where aaron uh underthrew it to david bakhtiari and threw an interception even though he was wide open it was a bad aaron play um, and so they do that play, uh, but they run it to Taylor Decker, their left tackle, who's very, very good. He's a great left tackle. Um, but there is confusion as to whether or not Decker reports as eligible. Decker is uh, 60, he's 68, right? 70 is the other guy. Yeah. yeah. 68, 70 is the guy who like they did the trickery with. Right. So um, apparently the, the Lions before the game went to the officials and told them they would be running this trick play at some point, and so would be having, I assume, at least a tackle, if not Taylor Decker, reporting as eligible. And so they knew this was coming, and the Lions swear up and down that Decker did report. However, the referees called 70 eligible, and I I believe the stadium either did not make an announcement in the stadium or announced 70. Did you, Are you clear on that? I feel like no I'm one, not clear on what the announcement. I was. feel like there wasn't an announcement. Like we would have gotten, we, we would have stadium audio of that by now if it happened. But uh, long and short of it is, Detroit runs the play. The, the play works. They throw a what should be game tying touchdown pass to Taylor Decker, and he is uh, flagged for a penalty for illegal touching, and the game is over. Uh, and the Lions go berserk saying what the hell well no it would have actually it would have put them in the lead so it's it's it 19 okay. to 20 when they go for the got it the got two it. Point. so that yeah the, and they would have won like that's the yes they would that would have won them the game yeah so that that's that's huge and um they claim up and down that the report the reporting happened uh the, the refs uh do not claim that at all and 
uh, I think confounding this whole thing is that when they sent Decker to report to the official, there was two other ineligible players with him. One very closely, that being number 70. But there were three guys out there. And uh, so, so he went to the official with one guy with him. Yeah. And there was a guy subbing onto the field, waving his arms. Which so, maybe, yes, which that's, may that's where things, right? That's so that, so that the guy waving his arm is who they said was eligible. Right. And Decker, who was doing the sign to the official, like kind of, he's kind of like low key about it. Yeah. Like literally is not facing the defense at all. And he's just kind of like baby rubbing his chest. Um, and so look, to me, this is what happens if you like fake a fair catch. Yep. That's what they did. They they tried to fake a fair catch so that they could they could run some punt trickery. But <laughs> I'm on board with you. I, like I think the Lions are to blame here for complicating this needlessly. Uh, you yes. the whole point. Okay, well not the whole point, but one of the reasons that you declare as eligible is specifically so that you cannot fool the defense by throwing it to somebody who is not eligible to catch a pass. Like that's. At, at its mm-hmm. basest level, what this is about, uh, trying to have some subterfuge by sending multiple ineligible guys to report um, is not in the spirit of the rule for sure. And yes, the refs may have botched it by not seeing Decker's subtle sign or just not understanding what was going on, but the Lions caused that confusion on purpose. Uh, that was the whole point of having multiple people out there. So I agree with you. It is like the the, the fake fair catch. So. So it, it, was it the Seahawks who did it back? It was like 2012 where they had like one guy like, quote unquote, like look for the punt. And yeah. Then like fake a fair catch. So like everybody ran towards him. And then the other person is the one who caught it on yep. the other side of the field. And the whole time the punter's screaming like, no, I, w- I kicked it over there. I kicked it over there. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, this is this is that. And it, it, they got bit. You, you get fancy, you get bit. It yeah. happens. Deal with it. Yep. So I think we're in agreement. They They deserve to lose on that. Um, the refs maybe did botch it a little bit, and uh, that officiating crew is bad. They have botched several calls this season, including mm-hmm. many in the Packers-Chiefs game. Um, they are have apparently been removed from the playoffs, but they are officiating an important Steelers game this weekend because that is how we roll with things these days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like, a big mess for everybody, but, but I think justice was ultimately served. Um, the Cowboys should have won that game and did win that game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they tried to give it away, too, because Mike can't manage the clock at all. <laughs> no, he can't. Yeah, it was a classic Mike clock game. Um, really fun to see, honestly. It took me back. Um, but I, I thought, really quick, we should discuss why you have to do this in the first place. Okay. Um, and uh, I think there's two main reasons for it. So, first of all, um, the reason the rule exists is because football fundamentally started out as a rushing game. And... This isn't so much concerned with passing as it is with rushing and with how you're allowed to block. Um, and it goes all the way back to the like sort of break off from football and rugby and soccer to who's allowed to be in the scrum uh, when you hike the ball. Um, but in more modern times, um, I think uh, I, I pulled a quote from um, it was an article somewhere. I don't remember where uh, from Mike Carey, who used to be a ref. And um, b- basically, uh, when asked why you have to have eligibility rules at all, um, he said, that would be horribly unfair. Uh, as a defensive player, it's almost impossible to tell which offensive players are up on the line of scrimmage because of the depth of perception when you're looking straight at an offense. In other words, a defense needs to get a heads up so it can match up with players who could be receiving threats. Um, Why well, have a numbering system if it doesn't mean anything? Uh, and so it really is mostly 
just because if everybody's eligible to catch a pass, it's not fair. It's just impossible to defend at that point. Um, but more than anything else, like it does impact blocking. When you block for a passing play, uh, when you block for a rushing play, you can go forward. You just blow guys up at the line of scrimmage. Uh, offensive linemen like run blocking because they get to push. And they're not al- ineligible guys. It's not just that they can't catch the ball. Um, they can't. Uh, they cannot go downfield. They can't go more than a yard past the line of scrimmage um, until the ball is out. And if they could, um, it would also be impossible for anybody to ever get pressure on a quarterback. People would just get blown off the line. Uh, so it makes football work to have the rule. Um, and you do kind of see that in college football, where you are allowed to block three yards downfield, which really has turned into just like forever downfield. And offense is broken in college football if you have any kind of skill yeah. positions at all. It's way college way downfield easy. blocking. College downfield blocking is uh, defending a pass on a hail mary. It like is. you that, are allowed to time. do whatever yep. you want. <laughs> it's ridiculous. If a college should change it, it's it's bad. Yeah, it's it is not good for the sport. Um, so it seems like esoteric and weird that like you have to have guys covering up on the end and you, you need seven guys on the line and you can only have five eligible guys. And there's some weirdness with quarterback eligibility too, where you are not eligible if you're in, uh, under center, I think. Um, but that doesn't matter because who cares? Um, but like it does actually make the game work, even though it is weird. There might be a simpler way to make the game work, but um, everybody's supposed to know these rules. So it's fine. It's good. All right. Should we go on to the actual f- football game? I suppose. Yeah, I suppose so. All right. So um, that was good. Um, were you at a? Did you get to watch it? I was at a party, so I had like the half watching experience. I had to. Okay. Catch up so I um, uh, took my kids to the uh, zoo lights. Shine Mountain Zoo has like Christmas lights up, nice. and if you remember, you can go in yeah, like, right at sunset. We have something like that at the Brookfield Zoo here. It's great. Um. So I came home, like, right at kickoff. So, like, I missed kickoff. That's it. But, yeah, so I watched pretty much the whole thing. Nice. I caught fits and spurts, but I did. I watched it again. It was fun to watch again. So, um, and it was oh, fun to watch it. Good, it, was, it was a just dismantling, yeah. and, and it was everything I didn't think was going to happen. Same here, especially on <laughs> offense. Like, the defense, oh my God. Um, uh, like, I thought the defense maybe might get pantsed, but I also thought Jaron, Jaron Hall might be awful. And that might happen too. I'm glad it did. But the off, like the Vikings' defense is good, and that was a hell of an offensive performance against a very talented defense without a lot of your best players. Um, just a like a great love performance. Probably, I think maybe a little better than the Chiefs' performance. Honestly. Well, so uh, speaking of the Chiefs, um, I think it is actually the Chiefs' last year is why the offensive performance was so good this time. Because the amount of zero blitzes that Love saw against yeah. the Chiefs, it was like every other play, right? I think it was literally over 50% he saw zero blitzes. Yep. And so the Vikings love to blitz, man. And they so do. he he just stood there and took it and found his hot reads and played like a real quarterback. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> get, to, awesome. we'll get to Bo Melton questions later. And I'm not taking anything away from Bo Melton, who did exactly what he was supposed to do and is a fast little guy. But he was basically the zero blitz cheat code. And uh, God bless him, he did a great job of it. <laughs> um, but uh, So let, we'll get to offense in a bit, because that's super fun. But um, let's start off with some defensive questions, because um, I could see some people... First of all, nobody on Twitter or in the media is doing this, by which I mean defending Joe Barry based on this game. But I could see a potential where the team does that. And so let's 
Let's start with a couple questions that we have that are similar on the Joe Barry topic as we get every week in spades. Uh, from Flaily Joel Osmond, who first clarifies last week, SD equals standard deviation, which we did figure out after we were done recording, <laughs> but not during. Uh, sorry about that. And also, by the way, like I'm I'm trained in Six Sigma, so you have to say Sigma. You can't say you can't say standard deviation. That's <laughs> <laughs> I hate it's that about nomenclature. Six. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, I should have gotten it. I know what that means. Um, but goes on, was Justin Jefferson actually covered well, or was the quarterback situation so poor he was a de facto non-factor? Uh, and if the former is true, how expendable is Jair, and what compensation would he actually be worth given his 2023 season? So, I mean, we saw we saw Jefferson get thrown decent balls one-on-one yeah. and have it PD'd. Like- <laughs> so I, I think um, a lot of it's the quarterback. And you are right. He did get one-on-one chances, but the Jaron Hall's arm sucks, man. Like, it, yeah, it does. <laughs> there was a lot of time to break on those. And um, it, like Mullins was a little bit better, but he sucks too. So um, I, I will say this. Uh, I, I think Corey Ballantyne, who seemed to be on him most of the time, not Carrington, um, played a good game. And even with a good quarterback, um, it would I think Justin Jefferson would have been a lot better, but I think he would have had a, a couple of flash plays there too. So, mm-hmm. um, it, I would I'm going to just blame it mostly on a bad quarterback game though. He was atrocious. Like, and they got so mm-hmm. buried in the first half. Even when Mullins came in, I think it was like, well, screw this. It's, <laughs> it's kind of over now. Which uh, is, but like Mullen had a decent second half, especially coming in cold. He like, was like he, he completed like fifty percent of his passes. It was good. It was a good coming in cold. He was thirteen for twenty. Like 150 yards and a touchdown, I think. Which I think it was 13 you know, to you, 22. That's why okay. it was close. It was ex- close to the half of halfsies. But if you extrapolate it to a whole half, he would have had a decent game. Yeah, it would have been okay. It wouldn't have been this disaster. I don't. Starting <laughs> Hall seems very stupid in retrospect, given their choices. Like um, Hall does seem to combine the worst of their backups. Like <laughs> he's. Uh, he's not as smart as Dobbs is. He, he has his arm. <laughs> he's not as mobile as Dobbs is. He's he's kind of mobile. And like, if you just want a guy to go sling Brett Favre prayers, put Mullins in. Like, he couldn't do anything. I don't know what the Vikings <laughs> were thinking there. Did you read my uh, prop bets article? I did. Yes. Where I I dismantled uh, basically their entire quarterback room. Yep. It was uh, where like I, I said I said that uh, Dobbs was the pastronaut as as we were reminded last yeah. week. And then the nickname that I gave Mullins was Nick couldn't beat out Matt Barclay for a roster spot Mullins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, and we'll get back to Jair, which is part of Flaley's question. But Donald Anderson, mm-hmm. our updater of personal fouls, uh, update the Packers have gone zero games since receiving a personal foul. Uh, indeed. Fingers crossed they can achieve their ultimate goal of the season, which is, of course, getting a personal foul in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, here's the question. What is it going to take to get Jair Alexander off this roster next year? And... Um, a couple of Jair oh, questions, so do you, you want to answer it? Or <laughs> I mean, if, if you trade Jair, you literally set the salary cap on fire. That's right. He's basically unmovable last year. I uh, Justice uh, tweeted out, uh, Nap- so he's got an $8 million roster bonus. I think one of the big national like pro football um, whatever was saying that they have to make a decision before the roster bonus hits. Um just as saying, napkin math says the Packers would eat a dead cap of $27 million in 2024 to trade Jair before the 320 roster bonus. That would be the fourth largest dead cap in NFL history and the biggest for a non-quarterback. It's not a real option. Um, Yikes. Ken, Ken jumped on that and said, yes, your math is correct, which was nice of him, although I would 
Justice obviously would get that right. So thanks, Ken. Um, <laughs> now, but um, that's Ken's thing. It Let is. Ken do Ken's thing. Like, yeah. So <laughs> the thing is, like, if you want to eat that, um, you could probably do maybe decent form. However, as good as Jair is when he's right, he hasn't been right a lot this year. And if the Packers are willing to move him and eat $27 million a cap, they think, A, something's not right physically, and B, that he is not worth the bother of having around, which is not good for your trade value either. Uh, I, yeah. I suspect he's going to be around next year for that reason alone. Now, maybe they get a suitor who like is willing to do some kind of um, like reasonable deal for that um, in some capacity. You can't get just cap, you can't buy cap relief, so that's not how that would work. Um, but, you know, maybe something can happen, but it's a long shot. It would take uh, it would take a lot of disruption from Alexander, which, I mean, it's been happening, so maybe. But uh, the cap situation is very bad. It's it's Yeah, but, like, short of him, like, Najee Davenporting in someone's office, yeah. I, do, I don't think that they're, they would do that. No way. I think they'd keep him on the bench all season. So we're stuck mm-hmm. with him, guys. Um, he's going to be around one way or another. Good times. Um, hey, on, on the subject of, like, get riddable players did you um see what would happen if uh deshaun watson gets cut well uh i did it didn't but i assume it's like a, an instant like 160 isn't it or something like that um they would not be able to roster 52 other right, players yeah. at league minimum <laughs> <laughs> this contract is absurd so yes <laughs> Oh, I love that so much. Like, like, yeah, you couldn't have 52 rookies on that. <laughs> yep, it's true. Ah, but yeah, Jaron Hall, bad. Jair, going to be here. Um, all right, let's move on because we got uh, Bo Melton, one of the heroes of the game. We got a question from JD. Uh, how awesome was the fourth down play by LaFleur? Just wish Bo would have brought it, brought it in. Jordan probably could have made a little bit better throw, but man, that was just perfect design to get a guy wide open. Yes, yes, oh, it was. Oh. And it, it hit him in the elbow, which is it. funny. It, it, it hit him in the elbow, but like Bo was that close to having. I mean, Bo's game was great. Don't get me wrong, but he was that close to having like a legendary game. Like, yeah, you know, if he would have caught the fourth down pass, and the game would have been thirty to three. Yeah, like it's, oh my god, <laughs> like on a lot of Bo Melton, like that is a you are a hero forever in Green Bay type of game. It might already be that, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, Bo Bo is really really good in this game and. Um, after the game, he was, of course, signed to the active roster. Samari was put on Mercy IR, I think is the best way to describe but that. I thought that. I thought we only had 52 on the roster at that point anyway. I think we still do. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. Um, it was it was definitely still on Mercy IR. They weren't going to carry both oh. of them. <laughs> well, did you see him, like, Rodney Dangerfield himself? Yes, yes he did. Oh, my knee. Like, writing was on the wall during the game for, for Toure. Um, and also, also Love was throwing the ball away. <laughs> yeah, there was no reason to get hurt on that. Absolutely no reason at all. Ah, but um, we kind of dissed Bo, not kind of, uh, and uh, not we. I dissed Bo last week. I won't pour, bring Matt into this. Here's the thing. Bo Melton was not good at Rutgers. And um, it, a lot of people aren't good at Rutgers. It's not a good school. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a good school. It's not a good football school. Um, but I think it is worth... Um, Noting, we didn't we didn't mention he's a good Raz guy. He, he's like he's a nine plus Raz guy. He is super fast. He is t- he is a teeny tiny guy. Um, but if you are just a good athlete and you run, if you run the offense as we say about Matt Lafleur and get yourself in space, you could do a lot of damage doing that way. And he was crucial in this game because um, the way the Vikings run that zero blitz is 
everybody gets left in man. And so if you can capitalize, especially quickly, process quickly, and capitalize on the worst Viking defender who's left in man coverage, you can do a lot of damage. And that was all that was often Bo Melton, who is, you know, the the last receiver on the depth chart, uh, who is drawing, you know, one of the worst cover guys, and just just ate that guy up all game long. He was open a ton in this game. He did great. Um, and was always the bailout on zero pretty much every time and, and did a fantastic job of it, uh, gained a bunch of yak. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine having Bo Melton in that role. And uh, by all accounts, he's like a really good like teammate and special teams guy and hard worker too, which is also nice to have. So, uh, like, I have no problem keeping him on the field in that role as a backup for Reed, which we definitely might need next game. He can do a lot of the same things. I don't think he's quite as good as Reed is. But, you know, he's a similar type player as a – Super fast slot guy. So, uh, I'm. On, What's I'm on so board. funny is, so Reed's touchdown for some reason when I think about it in my head, it's Bo Melton, <laughs> <laughs> like, because it was a it was an in route kind of. It was it was sort of like a like a a fake wheel whip. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like so, that, like they ran it out of out of trips, and he runs like a wheel. But then is it the first touchdown whip. or the the big running the, touchdown? The big running touchdown, the okay. one that he had to like, right like run a hundred yards. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was out of trips right, and he runs a fake wheel to like run uh, out, but then he fakes the out and runs back in. Yeah. So it'd be like a whip. And two guys right? trip over to themselves covering. Yes, that. basically. Um, for some reason in my head, it's Bo Melton because all Melton did was run five yard ins, and so like <laughs> to <Yep>. me that's. <laughs> but hey, you know, if you take the fastest guy on the field and have him run slants and ins and drags. Like eventually, he's going to run past someone. That is true. Bo, Bo did it nine Bo, times. Bo did it a ton and did a great job of it, uh, and almost had a truly legendary game. But that's fine. He had a good enough legendary game. Um, so the other thing, I want, Tucker Craft continues to be awesome as well. And at some point here, we'll get Musgrave back, and we'll see how that works. But I wanted to mention Craft is now third among tight ends in DVOA. He hit the qualifying thresholds for it. Um, I think he's behind, actually, Kelsey and Isaiah Likely, who also has low sample size. Uh, and Kittle's right there, too. But, like, um, they really have something with Kraft. He's very high in EPA per play. He's turned into an excellent blocker. And his yak is insane. Um, every time he catches it, it's like a minimum of five yards extra. It's such easy yardage. Um, you know, we got asked last week, why has Love's accuracy improved so much? I, I really do think... Like all those craft cat passes are a big part of it. It really like he's much better at that than what they were running out there before. Um, and you know that's still two or three catches a game that were often not great throws. But man, they're so much better, and they convert first downs. Oh, other thing we should mention about Bo Melton. He, like Bo Melton has converted a first down or a touchdown like every time he's touched the ball. He's been Alan Lazard this year. <laughs> Bo Melton. Bo Melton is our Devin Aramashadu. <laughs> Sorry, we're gonna talk about him a zillion times. Okay, so the, to since you brought up the Alan Lazard comparison, yep. I didn't want to. Um, October 2022, uh, you wrote an article about Alan Lazard being a DVOA efficiency monster. Yep, I remember that one. He had uh, he had 11 catches at that point in the season, and 10 of them either went for a first down or a touchdown. <laughs> um, a week later, he tore uh, a core muscle and yep. was out for. <laughs> it was never really the same after the core muscle. It no. kept popping back up. He was he was like the following year. Yeah, but 
So before we move on and, and truly get past the Aroma Shadu section, so Melton had the first 100-yard game of the season for the Packers, which is <laughs> just stupid. And which Shout-outs to Sam in the Slack chat. She like made a joke. She's like, hey, Bo Melton's active. What if he's the first 100-yard receiver this yeah, season? Yep, she did. She got it. She nailed it. Uh, and so Bo Melton has 11 catches on the season, nine first downs and one touchdown. That's not 10 total for a touchdown is a first down. Um, but so like, that's just absurd. And that's just great getting to the sticks. That's great knowledge of where you are on the field. That is the kind of thing Lazar did when he was healthy. So uh, that's also good to see. I flipped away from the rundown, so I lost my train of thought. Um, uh, you're, you're moving on to the bears. Do you want to talk about, do, well, do you have anything else you want to talk about in this game at all? No, this game was a lot of fun. Um, I love drinking purple tears, especially that one time I got an email from the German government because I made a bunch of Vikings fan mads. Ah, always a good time. And beating the Vikings, it's really satisfying. Um, I, I'm I'm still just floored at how good the offense was. I really didn't expect to be able to move the ball that, that easily is not even the right word. Just, they made such good plays. The, the, the touchdown, the first read touchdown, like the over the middle touchdown, like that throw is absurd from Love. That is one of the, yeah. that is a throw <laughs> of the year. Uh, that's one to remember when we do like top plays of the year rankings because that is just a an insane my, throw. My favorite part about that throw is uh, Collinsworth is on the broadcast losing his mind. He goes, he looks just like Brett Favre. Yeah. His feet are off the ground. He's thrown from a weird angle and he just throws a frozen rope for 40 yards. And a bunch of people on the internet were like, Okay, maybe let's not compare him to a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I'm over here like, yeah, let's do let's that. Let's do that because yeah. that, that was literally a Brett Favre. It was throw. it was completely a Favre throw. It looked just like him. Uh, <sighs> so good. All right. So <laughs> that's literally I was just, uh, so yeah. good. Uh, the Bears. So we play the Bears this week um, in the final game of the season. Mm-hmm. We control our own destiny. Even if we lose, we can still get in. But we shouldn't do that. We should win. Um, and so the, the Bears have gotten quite a bit better lately. Uh, especially on defense, their offense is pretty much the same. Uh, don't let don't let anybody else tell you different. Um, but uh, uh, offensively, DJ Moore is great. He was a single handed winning the game force against Atlanta last mm-hmm. week. Um, he caught a bunch. So, of, okay, yeah. I, I I wrote the number down on this. Right. Um, so Fields threw for like two hundred and sixty five yards. Yep. Fifty seven percent of those went to DJ Moore. Yeah, and if you go and like, I watched the Bear game because I wanted to see. Um, you know, just see how people looked generally. Like, Moore made absurd catches, and uh, kudos to him. He's awesome. He makes absurd catches. But, like, he's not going to make, like, five absurd catches every single week. A lot of those were, like, toe toe taps on the sideline, like, absurd over the shoulder where he has, like, contorted his whole body around. Not great throws is what I'm saying. Uh, And nobody else was any good at all for the Bears other than Herbert. Like, they ran the ball pretty well. So they did have that for him. (laughs) I mean... I really think that that the defense has as much to give to a six point nine yards per carry performance, just as much as the running back. That is does. correct, yes. Um, and so, like Fields still isn't throwing the ball well. It's just not going to be his thing. Um, they can do damage against you if Moore has a crazy game, which he has several times this year. He had like two hundred eighty against the Lions a couple weeks ago, or some absurd number. Um, and he can run. Like Fields can run if they let him run. They they had a lot of designed runs against Atlanta. Um, a lot of them were successful. So <laughs> they weren't though. I know his. his so he got stuffed. Ele- First of all, he got stuffed a lot. Um, he did. <laughs> the the fields uh, the fields getting stuffed plays were pretty much all um, read options where he pulled it out, and by the time he decided to run, 
there were two Atlanta defenders in the backfield with him, it, it, which is stupid. You should hand the ball off there <laughs> or do something else, um, but not pull it back into yourself when you're getting swarmed under. When he got outside, he actually was pretty effective running the ball. Hey, speaking of read option, have you ever seen a quarterback run one with one hand? Uh, no. Uh, Love did on his touchdown. Oh, I, I guess I wasn't paying close he, enough attention. He, yeah, it's the ball is solely in his right hand. <laughs> and he, he Deshaun Jackson loaf of breads it. <laughs> I've never seen a quarterback pull the ball back from a running back with one hand. That no, was I have not amazing. either. So it's two in there. Nice. And, and I, I and I think that might be part of why he had the lane that he did. Yeah. You know, he still had to come into two defenders, but there's a reason he didn't have four. Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. So we have a couple questions, bear related. First from Brian Polakowski. Inside linebacker depth being tested uh, uh, scares me with potentially Campbell. Uh, who cares? And McDuffie, uh, yes, out. Should everyone smash the over on Justin Fields' rushing yards, or is there any scheming you recommend Barry deploy to help spy slash contain the next man up? Um, so um, I guess mm-hmm. let, let's let's dial this in from also Matthew Keating. Uh, something from the Panthers mini pod is stuck in my head. You talked about how the long-term development of Young, Bryce Young, is more important than winning, so they can't use him like the Giants used Tommy DeVito. I felt this also applied to Fields at the beginning of the year, where it seemed like the Bears wanted to have him work on passing rather than using his athleticism to win games. That's probably not the case anymore, since the Bears are most likely taking one of the quarterbacks in the draft. So is Justin Fields going to break his own quarterback rushing record and our playoff dreaming hearts? Please tell me why I shouldn't be worried about lame duck fields running all over us so I can be less nervous about this game. All right. So um, those are the, the rushing questions. I mean, it's a problem. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I guess the one thing that we can kind of bank on a little bit is we have already played the Bears. And it's not like we don't know that they want to have their quarterback run the ball. Tommy DeVito is at least a little bit of an unknown, and yet he's a running quarterback, and you should have been prepared for that, but we're stupid. Um, He's at least a surprise. You know, he hadn't played that much football. Justin Fields has played a lot of football. Um, Quay Walker is well-designed to stop this if he can read things properly and get off blocks. Uh, he's a good spy to have, but yeah, it's a weakness. Like Rashawn Gary still gets himself up the field too much. He was a disaster in this last, one of the worst parts about the Viking game was Gary who got eight pressures, but don't let them fool you. He got pushed up field a whole bunch when he didn't have to. Um, And if he does that in this game, they're going to pay for it. So um, I think this is a game I would definitely lean more. First of all, Preston's playing out of his mind, keep him out there, but I would have Van Ness in way more in this game. Um, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's one of the keys. Having Van Ness and Walker out there and actually having good games is, I think, key to stopping also, that from happening. Fun wrinkle. We saw some um, like four down linemen personnel looks with Van Ness and um, uh, Wooden, Wooden yeah. playing playing edge, which I liked. That's fun. That's a good wrinkle. Do more of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I mean, to the extent we're vulnerable against the Bears, 
offense. That is how we're vulnerable against the Bears offense. DJ Moore can go off and have a good game against anybody. It's hard to stop. And, um, you know, it, it, we can we can say all day, like, you double him, you let everybody else beat you. That's fine. It's easier said than done. He's a very good receiver. But there's not really uh, – Fields is a good runner, but you can't get killed on that. You just can't. you got to stop that from happening. Um, that's one where I think you can prevent it just through discipline and not getting out of your lanes. Do that. And McDuffie's injury is stupid important. I, I hate how important yeah. McDuffie is to the defense, but he is. Do we have any updates on that? Uh, I have not seen an injury update on him. I mean, it it looked like a concussion. It did. They had they had him up um, on the field, like up on on sitting down. Um, so we knew it wasn't a neck, because otherwise they wouldn't have stood him up. And then he just looked real sad when he was walking off the field. He did. So to me, that says concussion. It but does. Like I'm not a doctor. It, and uh, let's see. He was their second highest graded player in this game, and uh, no updates injury wise yet. So just like as of right now, I haven't seen any updates on Myers' injury. Which yeah. <sighs> <laughs> I can't believe we're at the point in the season where I, like care about Josh Myers. Health. No kidding. Yuck. All right, uh, John P. Uh, obviously, a down lineman asks Montez Sweat. Shit, <laughs> can he be handled better than say Max Crosby? Um, so Montez, okay, so maybe maybe don't have Tucker Craft running wham blocks against Montez Sweat. That's a good piece of advice. Um, I do <laughs> tried think, that with Crosby. It went back. Yeah, I do think their offensive line is night and day from when they played Crosby and um, tight end single blocking Max Crosby notwithstanding. <laughs> I think they're much better equipped to handle Montez Sweat in this game. Not to say that he is not a force unto himself. He is, um, but like Daniel Hunter's better than Montez Sweat is. And, you know, they just did a... Really? Yes, absolutely. Oh, I disagree. Really? As a pass rusher, as a pass rusher, I don't think it's even close. If you want to talk about, like, complete end, maybe. But I think Sweat's a much better pass rusher. Ah, all right. Um, disagree with that. I was trying to pull up pressure numbers and sack numbers. But... <laughs> I'm going to find a spreadsheet that's going to prove you wrong. <laughs> well, it doesn't even prove you wrong, because... You know, pre- first of all, pressures are fake numbers anyway, and they're they're more important and they're fake. Need big sample size for that. Um, mm-hmm. Hunter's having a huge year when and, and is healthy. He's got what has he got? Like sixteen sacks. He's got to be like top five. No in the way. League. Seriously? Pretty sure. Let's see that I can find quick. I got Viking stuff up. Fifteen and a half sacks for Daniil. Sweat does not have that many, but he's still really good. So um, let's see here. Montez, there's too many sweats, by the way. Montez Sweat has a uh, six and a half this season. Really? No, he has twelve and, he twelve and a half. Because he's twelve split. and a half. Oh right, because I'm I'm only looking at at one team's yeah. numbers, <laughs> which is very very good. He is hard. He is hard to defend. Um, but like the, uh, Hunter is a a tough draw as well, and they just did well against him. Yeah, Crosby beat him up, but they were a lot worse back then, especially a tackle. I feel like um, you know Walker has really solidified himself there. And then pass blocking, I'm not worried about him. That's not the problem with Rasheed Walker. And, uh, you know, Zach Tom's just awesome. So um, Not only is Zach Tom awesome, but we stopped hearing his name, yeah. which is the best thing that you can say about an offense. It really is. Him. It's just assumed at this point that he's going to be great, which what else can you want out of, out oh, of a guy? Dang it. This is I need JR here because i got to mention Madden. Do it. Uh, Madden Ultimate Team, you know, like the trading what? card. Yes, the trading card thing. Um so Zach Tom started off the year as a 74 overall backup left tackle. Oh, jeez. That, that, that was what his card was. Um, his current best card is a 90 overall right tackle. Nice. So, yes. there you go. Good. Um, the, so the Bears, we should mention, 
have gotten much better on defense over the course of the season. When we played them in week one, they were a train wreck of injuries and lack of organization. Uh, they have improved drastically. They are fifth in weighted DVOA at the moment. Um, they have shot up the charts on everything. If you you know control for the last half of the season, there is some noise in there that we'll get to in a bit. Uh, but part of that is definitely sweat. He fixed a, a gaping problem with the team where they didn't have any pass rush at all. Um, he brought one, but their secondary has also drastically improved. A lot of that is Jalen Johnson, who is PFF's third highest ranked cornerback. And I think he's a free agent at the end of this year. And I think they're de- deciding whether to you know, pony up for him or not. Um, but he's been outstanding after not really being He's he's been good. Well, but so they were they were talking about trading him at the deadline. Yeah, they were. Like and and fans were pissed. They're like, "How do you how do you rebuild if you don't pay your young players?" And so then there was rumors of like he was asking for a trade or something like that. And then after the trade deadline is kind of when he really turned it on. It's like, "Oh, I'm with this team now." Yep. Here we go. He's he's been phenomenal. And uh, it shows up in their DVOA splits. Um, they are pass rush held up. Pass rush helps with that. Though. It does. They they work. Everything and, works together. It's it's yeah, all. And, uh, and after the all after stew. the trade deadline, yep. they get a pass rush. They do pass rush <laughs> plus good number one corner. They're one of the best teams against primary receivers in the league. I believe they're they're ranked second. Um, that is actually not a stat that tends to help you very much against the Packers, who do not rely. Uh, yeah, on, we don't have yeah. we don't have a primary. Seriously, receiver. It, it really doesn't. Um, it's very good to have against like the Bears <laughs> or or the Vikings, um, but not so much us. Uh, so th- there is that. Uh, um, Price Drosen asks, if you were going to give the scam ad advice, uh, what would be the one weird trick to beat the Bears? And even though Jr. is on hiatus from RAE, I'll, I'll still give a '90s album on my feelings about the season. Super unknown, Soundgarden 1994, because who the hell knows what's in the store? What's in store for this game? All I know is I just want the Packers to drop another turd in the Bears' punch bowl a la December 2013, and win or lose, thanks to all the use for this pod during the, this very odd season. Aw, thanks. Um, we like doing it. Appreciate okay. the... That's, that's the album that has Black Hole Sun on it, It is, right? yes. Okay, that's like the Soundgarden song, Spoon I know. Spoon Man. It does have Spoon Man. The weirdest Soundgarden song. <laughs> and really good music video. That's yeah. the only reason I know Spoon Man. It does. I mean, they found a real Spoon Man to be in that video. So. <laughs> uh. um, okay, so so one weird trick. Defensive coordinators hate him. Uh, I don't know. Stop Justin Fields, right? That's just contain um, him in the pocket. Contain him in the pocket is good. Uh, you know, kind of easier. Is the, the thing about that is, is it a weird trick? Um, I... I no, but that's the thing about about scam ad advice is the one weird trick is never to, actually weird. It's also to beat the Bears, so you can talk about offense or defense. Um, and I, I'm going to go offense, which is uh, the Bears are good on defense, but they have weird splits on defense. They are actually very good against the run. They're the fifth best team against the run in the league. They are only averagey against the past. However, they're good against number one receivers, which kind of tamps down everything else when they, most teams have a one receiver that's better than all the other receivers. However, they are vulnerable in two specific areas, one of which is slot receiver. So one weird trick to beat the Bears is to kind of do what you just did against the Vikings. If Jaden Reed is healthy, especially, spam the heck out of those interior routes, run a lot of stack formations, uh, hit that slot over and over again, uh, waste Jalen Johnson outside, make this a Romeo Dobbs, um, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, fake thing, faking. That. Oh, like like the Devontae yes, like uh, Revis game. Yeah, like that. 
Um, so, so yeah, you just you him. just waste. Yeah, you you sacrifice it's just Romeo. Well, you can sacrifice Romeo. I, I'm mixing up games because Devonte had a good game against the Patriots because Jordan was against Revis, but I'm uh, the Seahawks. Yeah, waste Devonte yeah, yeah. against Sherman. Sherman. That's yes, that. That's what we're going for. Um, but if you spam that, you can do well. The other thing the Bears are bad at is pass catching running backs, and so we have we have not seen Aaron Jones show up as a force in the passing game very much lately. This would be a good um, spam the Jones pass play game as well. So um, those are my my tricks for beating them. I I just I don't want to get too cute with the Aaron Jones passing game. Just like you know, like like wheels. Just give and, him just give and, him two and angles. Wheels. That's all I want. That's it. That's good enough. Is that was that a running pun? Uh, it could, it was kind of it's a drive, bicycling bicycling pun, I guess. Two wheels, but like wh- wheels wheels meaning legs. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> sure. Come on, man! Like you you can't quote the the Ike Taylor Jordy Nelson top one hundred at this point. No, he goes he goes, man! You got white chocolate with the two wheels running. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's Aaron Jones. All that's right, there, there's your there's your one weird trick. Use Aaron Jones. Use Aaron Jones. Oh, so don't give him nine carries up the gut in one. Yeah, don't do that. In one. Oh. All right. Patrick Detmer asks, the Bears have won four of their last five and appear to be one of the most improved, hottest teams in the league right now. They also appear to be well set up for the future after taking advantage of the dumb Carolina Panthers. Can you please tell me if I'm missing anything or if I am wrong? So, I don't Do you want to go first? I can tell you all about that. Okay, well, the best thing that could happen for the long-term success of the Packers is Justin Fields going off this game and then passing on one of the blue chips. That would be good, yeah. That would be great. They, so, like, spend first overall on Marvin Harrison Jr. because first overall has never failed yeah. for uh, a floundering franchise to not. use on a good wide receiver. So there is a lot of... I, I, I live here in Chicago. There's a lot of media sentiment in favor of keeping Justin Fields. Not all of it. Um, there are definitely people who are like, no, of course don't do that. <laughs> But uh, it's running like 75-25 in favor of keeping him, which is not to say the front office will do what people want around here. But I would say that there is a better than average chance that they actually do that. And, you know, one thing they may also consider is draft a quarterback and keep Fields and give Fields one more chance and let a guy sit for a year because that's not even a terrible idea. Um, But um, it is entirely possible Fields will be back. It is on the table, and Fields has not been good this year. Don't let anybody tell you different. He is... He's not the worst quarterback in the league, but if you isolate his passing from his running, he's like the 28th best passing quarterback in the league, and the only guys he's ahead of are trash quarterbacks. Um, He gets a lot of value from running, and there's nothing wrong with running, but having that much value from running tends to be unsustainable because you get hurt, which he has a lot, um, and you get old and beat up, and then you can't run anymore. So um, all all that. Um, The other thing is, while their defense has legitimately been good and DVOA adjusts for the defense face that is what the defense adjusted part of DVOA stands for it is worth noting that the Bears have been dominant on defense against some pretty trash offenses during this run Um, they had um, the Raiders with some trash quarterback when this whole thing started I mean it wasn't wasn't Jimmy somebody who's worse than Jimmy on that team Brian Hoyer they yeah, played, it was Hoyer, it was Hoyer, Hoyer the Destroyer. <laughs> it wasn't even Aiden O'Connell. It was Brian Hoyer that they beat in that game. Um, they did get Derek Carr for the Saints. and they, uh, The Saints actually put up 24 points on him, so they didn't even stop Derek Carr in the Saints. But then it was Bryce Young. Um, they lost to the Lions. Jared Goff lit them up. 
they got um, one of the trash Viking quarterback. I think they got Dobbs in that in their game where they shut them yes. down. Now they did have a legitimately good game against the Lions on December 10th that they won 28-13 and really did a number on the Lions. That's one I think you'd point to as maybe there's some legitimacy to how good this team is there. Um, however, the Lions have kind of been crashing and burning, generally speaking, not just against the Bears down the stretch here. It's been a rough run for them. Man, they lost at home to the Packers by over a score. <laughs> exactly. Garbage. Um, and Goff has really been getting beaten up. He looks like a different quarterback than he did earlier uh, this year. So then, he looks shell-shocked. Yeah, they played the Browns. I think they had Flacco at that point. I actually didn't check because I just assumed it was the case. But the Browns uh, uh, beat them 20-17. to 17. So, like, they held the Browns. It's holding the Browns to 20 a good defensive performance? I, I don't. The Browns aren't good at offense. I don't think so. It was They're Fla- okay at offense. Flacco's been playing out of his mind. It was a Flacco game. Boy, was it a Flacco game. 28 of 44 for 374, two touchdowns <laughs> and three picks and four sacks. Yeah, yeah, that's a Flacco that game. That is such a Flacco game. So, like, they held that to, to 20 points. Big whoop. Um, then they beat the Cardinals 27-16. Now, that's another one where I think that's a pretty good showing. That is with Kyler. The Cardinals have had a pretty good offense lately. But, I mean... It's still the Cardinals. And then they shut down the Falcons. The Falcons blow. Like, <laughs> they were playing Tyler Henneke. Um, and that game, they held the also, Falcons. Also, they, they only beat the Falcons because of, like, some pretty shenanigans Falcons things. There were some weird Falcon stuff. Young Huku missed uh, two field goals in that game. The Falcons almost scored on a field goal return at the end of the half. Not that we should count that as offense because, first of all, you know, low probability. Uh, but there was a lot of Heineke badness in that game that made that happen. So, um well, the Bears have been good, but the Bears have kind of done what we thought the Packers should have done over the first half of the season when we played all those garbage teams. Um, they have beaten up on the garbage teams, which kudos, you can only beat up who you play. Um, but I do think their defense, while improved, while legitimately better, Sweat's good, they've gotten better. You know, it's not like they played a bunch of super great offensive teams in here either. Right before that run started, they gave up 30 to the Chargers, who aren't even a very good offense. So, um it's. I think they're good, but not that scary. I'm more scared of the Vikings, which is not to say we can't lose this game. We absolutely can. We're young. It's inconsistent. But um, I don't think the Bears' turnaround is as real as it may seem. But, yeah, we'll see. You are this close to quoting Dennis Green, and I just I just want to they push are, you over the edge. They there. are what we thought they were, but we don't know yet. <laughs> you literally were like two yep. words from that. <laughs> ah. All right. Anything else you want to say about the Bears before we get to questions? They suck. They do suck. Screw the Bears. Um, while you read the first question, I'm going to double check yeah. the Patreon for um, additional questions because I forgot to do it, and we may have Mark Pod Scarby. It feels like the offensive line play has improved substantially in the second half of the season. Yep. But why do the Packers keep splitting Runyon and Ryan at right guard? It must win some game. Wait. In must-win games, doesn't it make sense to just go with a guy who you think is better? Sub-question, what is the point of trying to deceive the defense who's reporting as eligible when the ref announces it to everyone anyway? <laughs> ah, um, it's weird. I do not. I, do not I, I, I don't think anybody has an answer for this freaking question. It's weird to split um, to split time on offensive line guys. It, it is. You know, it's... If one guy is hurt and you're limiting snaps or something like that, or if one guy's a good run blocker and one guy's a good pass blocker, yeah, and that's kind of true with those guys a little bit. Um, like Ryan, I think, is a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker, so there might be some game script things in there. But yes, generally speaking, offensive linemen go the whole game, and generally speaking, 
you should go with the one who's better for the whole game. So it's weird. And uh, other than the speculation I just gave you, I can't give you anything better than that. Um, And isn't it like legit 50-50? It seems like it's just a 50-50 split. Like that doesn't seem to be strategy behind it. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, like I remember snap counts always comes down to like one or two snaps. It does. It's strange. Um, And yeah, the, the reporting is eligible thing. It, it was it was too complicated. Like they cuted themselves into a loss there. You don't need like, to do that. You, it's like drawing up a play in the sand where it's like, all right, man, you're going to run a drag behind the back judge. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what you're trying to do at that point. You're using the refs in your deception. Yes, you are. Can't do it. Don't do that. Let's not copy them. Ah. <sighs> I, I, am I reading? Oh, right. I'm supposed to read the questions. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for JR. <laughs> Jonathan Deal. The Packers are one win away from being in the playoffs with a bunch of first and second year players. A stooge defensive coordinator and shackles on their salary cap. How far can this team go in the playoffs and what are realistic expectations for next season? Is it too early to plan a Super Bowl parade for next year? <laughs> oh, I mean, next season, they got to be Super Bowl contenders, right? Like... I mean, if we're following the script, yeah. I, if this I, is if this is the oh eight oh nine twenty ten script, and the offense, like in, unless this is like the weirdest run of luck from Love ever, which I don't think it is. Like he looks like he's good. Um, their offense should be fine. Their offense should be dynamite. They have all super young guys. They should only get better. Um, the only only reason they might get a little worse is Jones probably won't be back unless they pull off some shenanigans there and that does mm-hmm. legitimately hurt them but um you know you can replenish your running back too Aaron Jones isn't the only running back who's ever played um and I think we all assume the Barry will be gone uh, Matt doesn't because we have a bet on it but um odds are they will be better at defense next year just they can't really be worse at defense uh, they can they totally can but uh it's unlikely that they will be significantly worse at defense next year okay so 90s band but not a 90s song um, odds are we're going to be all right. Bare Naked Ladies. Okay. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> Got it. 90s vibes, but fairly recent song. <laughs> yeah. All right. But, but like, they'll be good. Next. They should be good, theoretically, next should. year, right? Should. Theoretically, yeah. And, and like, and we have, we what, have, was it like eight first round picks on the yeah. defense? <laughs> Just a ton of that. Um, but, like, who's going to be, who's going to significantly improve in the division? Like, you might get somebody who hits on a rookie quarterback. Like, maybe the Vikings take like Jaden Daniels or, or Penix and it improves them drastically right off the bat. That's possible. The Vikings, I feel like are pretty well put together, but the lions, like they're probably going to lose Ben Johnson, I think over the off season, I would guess. And yeah. To me, the lions are the biggest candidates for the, um, like the thing that causes the Super Bowl hangover. Yeah. Right. Like, like, like the team that loses the Super Bowl usually loses a coordinator. They lose half their coaching staff. Like, I, yeah, the lions are too successful. And I don't think are going to be able to keep people. And and like Goff also, he he's he's good. He's fine. You can probably win with Goff, but they didn't win with Goff. Um, and, and you know the Bears. Who knows? We'll see what they do. <laughs> but like it's still going to be pretty open. I think even under some best case scenarios for those teams, I think it'll be pretty open. Yay! Woo woo. Oh, but and these playoffs specifically. Oh yeah, we should have that. If they make if they make it out of the wild card, I will be fucking amazed. Oh yeah, I'll be floored. Um, so <laughs> we should 
if they the, the, the sixth and seventh seeds are in play, if they make the playoffs, if they finish as the seventh seed, they will likely play the Cowboys. Is my understanding? I actually didn't look it up. I'm going off of hearsay there. Um, yeah, hearsay to me was uh, seventh seed to the Cowboys, sixth seeds to, the, to Lions. the Lions. Yeah, and you know if they can get that sixth seed, I think they can go into Detroit and beat the Lions. And, and so it's the the difference between the seeds. I think is the 49ers game. I think 40, that's right. 49ers beat the Rams and it helps the Packers seeding. It has to, right? That's how that works. Yes. Um, yeah, there's no way. Yeah, because the, they're ahead of us right now and we can't get... Yeah, so that's it. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, that's it. Um, but so if yeah, they get pa- the... Packer, if, that'll well, probably the happen lose, too. It's, it's if the Packers lose and who else has to lose? I forgot because I don't... I'm, I'm, I'll start worrying about that on Sunday. But, yeah, if the Packers lose and the 49ers win, there's, like, one other team that has to lose and the Packers get seven seeds. Yeah, one of them is the, the, uh, the Panthers have to win, though, I think, isn't it? <laughs> Hold on. I'll, I'll pull up the scenarios. We should, we should talk about them. But, like, the 49ers will probably beat the Rams. The Rams are good, but the 49ers are mm-hmm. very good. Um, mm-hmm. 49ers are the G-damn Avengers. That they are. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll do the next question while you do that. Waiting I'll, I'll on look the it up. Machine. Why don't I just Google JR right away? Idiot. He always <laughs> does this every year. All right. Um. <laughs> David, uh, the Packers are once again 8-8 eight eight, coming off a beatdown of the Minnesota Vikings and are looking forward to a win-and-in matchup at Lambeau against a divisional rival looking to play spoiler. To add to the sense of deja vu, my brother and I will once again be in attendance. Is the feeling at the pit of my stomach that they will once again lose based in reality or just trauma from last year? Do I even want them to win if it means that Dingleberry gets to hang on for another season? Or am I just preemptively coping? I, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I'm getting Rogers collarbone vibes more so than lame duck Rogers vibes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, and, and, and like, it, Barry getting fired is important. But like... Here's the thing. If they make the playoffs and finish off this run and they keep Barry around for it, then at least it exposes a larger problem. Because <laughs> you can't be doing that. You just can't. You, you, that's that's bad job there. Um, and, um, you know, if firing him is a sign of a good organization, keeping him is a sign that there are other problems aside from just Joe Barry himself. You know? Would, would you be against them promoting him out of... The position. Sure. Yes. Fine. <laughs> as long as he's gone from that position, that works for me. That's all. Yeah. I like need. make him like senior vice president in charge of counting thumbtacks or whatever, and then like give him a front office gig. <laughs> Get off of my field. Yeah. You find the playoff machine. No, yet? I'm very bad at this. Jr. did it right, but he wrote a long thing, and I'm trying to read it, and I can't. I found. I did. Oh, Jr. and his his damn SEO. It's like one of those recipe websites where you have to hear about your trip to. It's engrossing. It made me not pay attention to the last question as closely as I should have. I got it now. Here it is. If Green Bay loses, and Minnesota loses, and Seattle loses, and New Orleans loses, they get in. Or if Green Bay loses. We need Minnesota, Seattle to lose, uh, or and also Tampa Bay loses. We get in, so um, need need Minnesota, Seattle, Tampa, New Orleans to lose. That's what we need to happen. One of one of New Orleans, Tampa, uh, to lose. All right. Yep. So yeah, back to David. This doesn't give me vibes the way last year did. This the last year it felt like a team that was like barely hanging on whereas this team this feels like a team that has been playing its best football yeah agreed 
this is this is like honestly this feels like like we're alabama yeah right like like we were a bad team in october and yep, that's correct got a lot better got a lot better yep roll tide roll tide <laughs> you know speaking of nepotism freaking michigan getting rewarded for their stupid nepotism so michigan almost loses the game yeah because of multiple special teams faux pas hmm. and it turns out that jim Har <laughs> jim harbaugh's son is He's their special, special teams, teams coordinator. coordinator that's awesome and that dude is my age can you believe that i, I can given how good their special teams are yeah <laughs> all right senor bob welcome back Jordan senor bob by the way <laughs> is Jordan Love an all-time great draft pick for Goot and the Packers? It lit a fire under Rodgers, and the team received two MVP seasons from Aaron, and now they appear to have a Pro Bowl caliber QB for several seasons to come. How many times on this exact podcast did I say that that if if all Love ever did was piss off Rodgers into two MVPs, then yep. he was worth it? Yeah, totally. Uh, but, I mean, yes, if he is that level of quarterback for the foreseeable future, which looks good so far, then, yeah, it's an all-time great draft pick. Anytime yeah. you get a franchise quarterback, it's an all-time great draft pick because it makes your team good for 10 years. So it, it is the best thing you what, can do. You, you guys don't get three franchise quarterbacks for a pick in the 20s? <laughs> what, 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 Never, pick, what pick went for Favre? It was in the 20s, wasn't it? Oh, uh, I think it was... I, it it was should have been in the twenties around then I think it might have been because it was it, it was after a Mikowski good year. It, I might have so eighty nine was the best Mikowski good year. The year after that they weren't good, and I think it was that year that that the pick was. Oh, out. so it might have been a top ten pick. It might have been a top ten pick. Um, yeah, let's see. <laughs> You're gonna go look that up. Um, but yeah, honestly, if if Love ends up being a a franchise quarterback, this literally rivals the Aaron Rodgers pick. Absolutely. 100%. Mm -hmm. Danish cheesehead. The saying goes, it all starts up front. On the draft, what are your thoughts on drafting D-line linebacker versus DB with and without considering the depleted state of the Packers' DB room? On the past week's suspension, is it better to have a stout D-front and serviceable DBs doing their job with the system, or is it better to have a star CB freelancing and a serviceable D-front? I will take elite defensive line all day, twice on Sundays. I lean that way too. Um, the The long answer is you do need both. Like it's a mathematical formula. It is. Well, he's he's saying, would you rather have like a a one war <laughs> DB room or a one war? Yeah, uh, I got it. So you you would rather have the the good D line, the one. Give give me elite D line, serviceable DBs. Right. Yes, because they'll speed up the quarterback enough to allow the DBs to cover. Yeah. Whereas mm. DBs, and and also they'll they'll cover up in the run game too. Whereas is that's true. A bad D line. Effect, is, yeah. Yeah. Whereas corners, um, even elite corners, can only cover for like six seconds, and after that, it doesn't matter. Like you have to get to the quarterback, and after that, you're dead. So, I think I think that's right. But but you need both. You just do. And as for the draft, I mean, yeah, like I'll always take a pass rusher over a DB. Yeah. Um, I won't always. I do think they're very close in value, and it just depends, what, it depends on what you got. Like, you, you can't take them forever. The Packers need DBs, and if there's a good one high, I would love to have that guy. Um, well, but you, all things being take, equal, it's a different story. Do you take a center fielder? Or do you take a pitcher? Um, it, it depends on uh, center fielder most of the time, actually. But it depends on what you need. 
In baseball, it, it actually does not. It does not depend on what you need because those guys are going <laughs> to. Well, it does. Those guys are not. People you draft in baseball aren't going to play for your team for like four years um, right, unless right. you take the best college bat. That guy can play for you in like a year and a half. But that's that's it. Um, so not a good analogy, really. <laughs> I'm just because I'm, I'm really trying to force in the baseball analogies with Jr. out of the lineup. The, the so. Major League Baseball draft is completely different. It's it doesn't work the same at all. So uh, I'm still looking for the the Farf trade. So it might be this okay. One. I, I I would just look up the '90 draft. Uh, so Farf was drafted by the Falcons in '91. So the in '91. So the Packers traded him in '90. Had to be for him in '90. Had to be a for a pick in '92. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just trying to find Falcon first yeah, round picks. Favre in Favre was taken in the second round of '91 behind the Robo QB. <laughs> uh, Todd, Todd Marinovich was the only QB taken in the first round that year. So there's not a Falcon first round pick. So it's got to be second. Then let's go. That's from Dallas. I think. Uh, I we, think oh so the Falcons took the Packers pick and then traded and like got a bunch of crap for it. Okay, all right. He's my. I'm not I'm right. going to stop now. I don't care. Ryan Ziegler, <laughs> we're two questions fast. <laughs> um, is the expected return of Musgrave going to screw this all up because Malf will forget about Kraft? That's a good question. Or or are we going to somehow get our health together a week before the playoffs, play incredibly well, and ruin the Cowboys season? Ah. <laughs> uh, we usually talk about Joe Barry intelligence tests, but that's definitely a Matt Lafleur intelligence test because uh, they're very different players. And I, Kraft has gotten his opportunity because Musgrave is out, which is the worrying thing about it. Not that there. It was the seventeenth overall, Paul. That took me three seconds. Jeez. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Who'd they take with it? Uh, the uh, previous year in '92. Okay, so. The, yeah, in in ninety two, Ron Wolf traded the first round pick his team had received from the Philadelphia Eagles in a trade the previous year to the Falcons. So it was the seventeenth pick. Okay, got it. Um, and so the Cowboys ended up with that pick. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks, Jimmy. Yeah, they took Kevin yeah. Smith, the cornerback. He was pretty good, I think. <laughs> okay, so, okay, we're done. Back to the yeah. I, so that is something that we have talked about previously. Is the the worry that Kraft will go back to trying to do Musgrave things and Musgrave will try to do Kraft things yeah. and it'll screw it all up. Because they should just both be on the field doing the things they're good at. And then mm-hmm. you got to take a receiver off, which is the tricky part. But like you run multiple sub packages and formations and yeah, run, run 11. Who cares? Yeah. But like it is, it's a legitimate worry. I think, um, I think they'll get it right. I don't think they're idiots, especially on offense, but like until I actually see it, I will be worried. But like it opens up like the full 49er Shanahan play calling boat to have both of them. Uh because sure. They can go huge and then they can be like unguardable in the passing game. Like you, if you have like Romeo and Reed out there with Musgrave and um and Kraft and you, you want to line up like a running play, that's going to be blocked well. And or if you want to put Heath out there for one of them and really maul the heck out of it, even better. Um, and you can pass like Matt out of that too. So um, hopefully they do that when they both come back and don't mess this up. But you never know until you see it. So if if, he, if Musgrave comes back and he's playing 80% of tight end snaps and Kraft is on the bench, that's stupid, and they should not do that. So uh, fun Madden wrinkle. Sorry, JR. Uh, the Christmas is the most fun time to play um, Madden Ultimate Team because you get out-of-position players. Like, uh, every year you'll get a um, uh, uh, the Stork 
Inside linebacker, played for the Raiders and then the Packers. Ted, he's, he was really, really tall. He was played stork? in the 70s. Yeah, that was his nickname, was the Stork. Um, Ted Hendricks? I am drawing a blank on that guy. Um, anyway, he plays a... Like, he gets an out-of-position strong safety card. It is card. Ted Hendricks. Yeah, yeah. Ted Hendricks, yeah. Yeah, he played one year for the Packers. Boy, he did right. in 1974. All right. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's like 6'7", and he gets a strong safety card every year. And this year, David Bakhtiari gets a defensive lineman card. Um, but interesting note, Tucker Craft has a uh, fullback card. So um, Madden believes that he is the H-back out of the two of them. Okay. So there, see, I brought it back. Yep, I brought it back. Good work. <laughs> okay, Bill Rabe. Raby? I think Rabe, Rob? but who knows. Rabe. All right. Push tush. <laughs> Why is it assumed the QB will get the ball on this? Put Dylan under center and have Clark and Slayton behind him. Unstoppable. I think people underestimate how hard it is to take a snap. Yeah. That's actually, okay, fair, but didn't most of these guys have played quarterback some point i don't i don't think dylan played maybe quarterback. maybe not he's pretty he's pretty beefy also dylan has a broken finger yeah you don't want him doing it right now <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> it's a good question though like it doesn't like i don't think anybody's ever thrown out of the tush push somebody should no but but people did throw out of the fridge package yeah that's true they did um however like if you if you are going to run it 100 percent of the time you could commit to having a different kind of player back there now the other thing i'll say is that big? So Jalen Hurts is very strong, and he is big for a quarterback. Um, but guys who are like wider and broader aren't necessarily always better in short yardage. Like part of short yardage is power, but part of it is also like squeezing through seams that open up in the pile and pushing your way through them. And that's different than what you're expecting out of Dylan, which is just actually physically moving the person in front of him because he's so large. Um, that usually doesn't happen. So I'm also not sure it would work for that reason because otherwise you could do like the fridge package tush push and give it to, you know, a giant person in the backfield who is super strong. Uh, there's a reason you don't do that, right? Like there's diminishing okay. returns. Who would you pick? I'm uh, TJ Slayton at quarterback. Like, you could put TJ Slayton at quarterback. Like the, there's a reason that maybe it would work actually. I kind of want to see it now. <laughs> TJ Slayton is 6'4", 330 pounds. That would be a hilarious quarterback. It would. It would. Oh, speaking of um, hilarious quarterbacks, in Madden last year you got, um, who was that Ravens lineman who, like, got his doctorate? Oh, like, I... Like, theoretical mathematics? I don't know. I, Do you know who I'm talking about, though? Like, like the Ravens had this stupid, smart lineman who quit football to go get his doctorate. Um, he had a quarterback card. No, I don't remember that. But, but he had a quarterback card last okay. year, so... That was fun. Nice. He's 330-pound quarterback. Um, but, yeah, so Tush Push is partially about penetration just as much as it is about power. Yeah. And you want, you know, you That's want to. That's the short, nice way of putting that. <laughs> Richard Proctor, how hard is it to kick a fucking extra point? <laughs> it's not hard. It's really not. Yeah. Okay, so it is. It, people are running at you very fast in the NFL. But, man, mm -hmm. I can't believe how much worse people got at extra points when they moved it back. It's actually very surprising. I thought they'd still be like 95-plus, and they're not. But, I mean, specifically he's talking about Daniel Carlson's brother. Yes, he is. It, he's, missed, he's, the, he's missed the most extra points of any kicker this season? Yes, he has. It's a problem. Five? 
Uh, I believe it's five. Let's okay, so how can you miss an extra point and then kick one from 55? Because <laughs> uh, power and aim are different things. But, th- but they're not. <laughs> you still need to aim it. <laughs> Man, I don't know. So, yes, he's 32 of th- uh, 37 on extra points. 86.5. I can't believe that's a number in the 80s. That's ridiculous. Um Man. The average is 96. And I think crazier is from inside of 40, he's 19 of 19. So yep, he, that's he my favorite part. So stupid. Um, I, it's, I, don't, I don't get it. Like It should be like a free throw. Um, so that's not even because Shaq is bad at free throws. But your job is to kick the thing through the uprights. Mm-hmm. And it's all you practice. It's all you do. There are no Shaqs who are field goal kickers. Like every field goal kicker should be like the best free throw shooter. They should make ninety no, plus percent. Uh, no. There is one Shaq who was a field goal kicker. And Dominican Sue. <laughs> yes, fine. There was one. He was the he was the he was the Lions emergency kicker, remember? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> but like it, it's you should be better than that at this. It's it's not that hard. It, it's it's really, really not. Yeah, just God, everybody go read that stupid book that I keep telling everybody yeah. to read and no one has read yet. A few a few seconds of panic, panic by yeah. Stefan Fatsis. It's good. It is. Um also, did you like my joke about nepotism being so deep in the Packers that they're letting Daniel Carlson's brother miss extra points? <laughs> Very good, yes. <laughs> okay. Matt Pickett. It sure seems like our second string cornerbacks are fine all by themselves. Thank you very much. Is that an accurate statement? Jair's suspension, or Jair's supposed to be the star, but the Allentines are rolling. Is this a mirage, or are they good? Same goes for Vo Mountain. Real deal, or one-hit wonder? I, I think Bo's fine. I do think he would be stretched if he had to play a super much bigger, uh, like a way bigger role. But like, in this offense, being a fast little guy, I think he's okay. Um, but mm-hmm. like, I think Alexander can still be the best DB on the team. If his head is right and his body is right. I think the Allentines have been fine. I think Carrington's more than fine. I actually think he's pretty good. And I think more than anything, Eric Stokes is just bad. And uh, it, part of the problem was he was out there with Jair. And the, he, Jair got some Stokes stink on him um, a little bit there too. Uh, so Alexander's a different kind of problem. But Stokes is just not a good corner anymore, if he if he ever was. Stokes, Stokes was a good corner For his, who got his hurt. His rookie year, he was his... pretty good. And his athleticism was sapped. Yeah. You lose if you're a guy who relies on your athleticism and you lose a step, you lose everything. Yeah. That happened to Kevin King. It has happened to Eric Stokes. I really hope it doesn't happen to Jair. I know. But the Allentines are fine. They're not great, but they're fine. Carrington might be good. Um, but Corey's fine. And that's all you all you can ask for out of that guy. One of these days I'm gonna not confuse them. Carrington's the good <laughs> um, one. <laughs> Mark Hackett, one final reminder to please find my ignorance charming. We do. Presume for a moment that Barry doesn't return next year. Is it likely that a new DC can come in, implement his ideas, and have all his players up to scratch for the beginning of next season? Or would it ordinarily take longer than that? You can do it fast. You really can. Um, You can do it mid-season, bro. You can do it mid-season. The time it takes for implementation argument is usually the defense of a poor coaching hire. Um, that's almost always the case. Uh, we saw it very. We saw it this year with the Vikings, who fired Ed Donatello at the end of last year, hired Brian Flores, and uh, were pretty much instantly better. 
Uh, they got better over the course of the season as people got more experienced in it. But right away, the Vikings were... They, right, they, big, they went from one of the worst in the league to being mid, yeah. like, day one. Day one. That's that's yeah. a 10-place improvement, day one. Correct. And then got way better. So, um, mm-hmm. if your system is good, uh, part of the battle is just getting people to trust that it works. And you know, players will automatically play quite a bit better once they actually believe in the system. So, I mean, that's half the battle. It really is a culture battle. And then if you can tack on, like, strategic acumen as well, so much the better. That'll get you even better going forward. But, yeah, it's not it's not like a two- or three-year thing, which sometimes you hear about, like, oh, he just needs to get his players in and his system up and working. Like, no, no, no. Oh, that's... No, 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 no. That's not how this works. Like, uh, so... I know I've, I've used the the figure of speech on here before that like you can't get mad at a fish for its ability to climb a tree. Yep. But the rest of that is also like it's your fault for making the fish climb the tree. Yes. Like like you get mad at that guy. And that's why I hate Joe Barry. Lots of fish <laughs> climbing lots of trees. Yep. Exactly. Preston Smith covering Justin Jefferson. Preston, man, he is a good sport. You got to give him Oh, that. my God. Preston is just... Like, since day one, I can't believe like he was the one that, that we were going to look back on as, like, yeah. the good Smith. Seemed for sure it was going to be Zedarius, but Preston's just a... He, he is a warrior out there. And also, like, he is a whole lot of dude... He is. ...who is kind of old and hasn't shown it. He's no. He's got the, the Julius Peppers thing going. The strip sack in this game was an amazing play. He was great. He, so he good. ran right by... Um, who's the... Uh, Christian Darasaw, oh, right? Yeah, Darasaw. Yeah, who's, he, who he like, just burned the crap out of him on that play. That's like, an all pro left awesome. tackle. Yeah. Also, um, the Lions fans were talking about making their right tackle, whose name I can't pronounce. Sewell? Sewell? Oh, Penne. Penne. Yeah. They were like, oh, he should be. They're like, he should be MVP because here's the splits of him on the field versus off. And I don't know if you guys remember, but Preston Smith put him on his butt multiple times. That did happen. So make Preston Smith MVP. There you go. <laughs> All right. We're done. Yeah, we're um, done. We're done. So this will be this will be an exciting game. If uh, if we lose, my life will be miserable for quite a long time, actually. Usually the Bears <laughs> thing goes away after a week, but this time it will linger for a long time. So. Oh, yeah, you live in Chicago. Yeah, poor so bastard. I'm really hoping that they win this one in particular. <laughs> but, uh, hopefully so. So before we go, you got anything to plug? Uh, nope, just continue doing column, the same stuff. Is, I mean, um, I, I continue to do the betting column where, like, I try to be funny. Yeah. Um, oh, I got my first ever comment from someone who actually read the damn article. Hey, good work. <laughs> um, because I insulted the Bears Stadium near the end of the article, and he quoted it in his tweet, or in his uh, comment. So, nice, okay. Yay. Um, but no, like, open your best bottles, call your best friend, tell them you love them. Yep. It's not too late until it is. Do all that. Um, indeed, indeed. So, um... Shepherd column will be up there momentarily, and we will have the mini pod on Friday. I'll probably do something in the interim. Tweeted out a lot of stats today about the Packer pass catchers and how good they are all time and this year, which is very, very good. Um, but uh, we'll we'll talk about the Bears and how they could plausibly beat the Packers on Friday, which will just depress me. But I, I feel okay about this. One. I think I think we'll get her done. Uh, really, really hope so. So anyway, we'll be back next week to recap it, win or lose. Enjoy the game. Go Pack Go. Sunshine in Chicago makes me feel pretty sad My band played here a lot in the 90s when we had Lots of female fans and 
fuck, they all were cute. Now I just sign posters for guys in tennis shoes.